This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, I'm going to see you tomorrow in Florida. Uh, no, not Florida. Where are we going to be tomorrow? We're going to be um, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Right, with our friend Michelle Neff Hernandez uh, at uh, Soaring Spirits Widows uh, Camp, Camp Widow. I will tell you something. Uh, you know, Camp Widow is amazing, and Michelle is such an amazing person. Uh, she lost her husband, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, very mm-hmm. young. I think it was five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah, very young. And by the way, she's got a couple of wonderful articles in our Open to Hope Christmas book, a holiday book, which I shouldn't say Christmas because it can be for any holiday. What do I mean? It could be Easter. It can be any holiday. Uh, getting through the holiday. She's got a wonderful article in there. You can get it off of our website. And she also has one in our Open to Hope Inspirational Stories of Healing After Loss. And she is a wonderful writer. But anyway, I want to tell you that if you are a widow or a widower, camp widow is the place, widow, widower is the place to be with us at Myrtle Beach. It is so much fun. They have runs. They have all sorts of things. It's, it's just completely inspiring. And you haven't been yet, have you, Heidi? I haven't. I'm excited to go because you talked about it last year, and this will be my first time that I've ever been to this conference. Yeah, and we'll be presenting, and it's uh, just going to be a great time with wonderful people. And then, Heidi, what else have we got going on? We have a lot of, we're going to a lot of hospice conferences. Um, So if anybody's in the Orlando, Florida area, May 10th and 11th, we will be there. We're keynoting, and we're speaking at various, you know, workshops. We're keynoting on May 24th in St. Charles, Missouri at another hospice conference. May 26th through the 28th, I'll be in D.C. for the military at the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors of the Military. So anyone who's had a military loss, TAPS is an incredible organization. I'm on their advisory board, and they have some really healing and fun weekends. Um, June 14th will be in Anaheim in California for another hospice event, if anybody lives in that area. And let's see, where are we now? We're in July. July 12th, we will be in Philly at a hospice event. If anybody lives in the Philly area, you can you can go on Open to Hope and see exactly where we'll be and sign up for any of these conferences, by the way. Uh, July 18th through the 22nd, we will be at Compassionate Friends, and so will our guest, uh, Gabrielle, and we will be doing workshops there as well. So anyone that's in any of those areas, please join us. Wow, we're going to be busy, Heidi. We are going to be busy. And we have been busy for the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's such, I want to tell everyone out there what a privilege it is to work in this field. And all of you who are listening, we are so grateful that you are listening and we hope you're getting hope from it. We get such great feedback from everybody. It, it just inspires us and, and keeps us going to know that you're there. And we hope that you'll spread the word about Open to Hope because we count on you to do that, don't we, Heidi? Absolutely. I mean, our the reason that we have grown so rapidly in the last few years is because of our listeners and our 350 contributors and listeners like you spreading the word, getting on, listening to our shows, blogging into our foundation site, etc. That's what gives us energy. That's what keeps us going. We do this as a tribute not only to my brother Scott and my cousin Matthew who were killed together, but to everyone out there, all your children, all your siblings, all your spouses who have died. That's why we're here and that's who we pay tribute to every day. 
Absolutely. And I'm pleased to say that our guest today is one of those writers for us. And she, uh, Gabrielle, is one of the writers for Open to Hope. And we hope you'll go on and read some of her material. She's great. Anyway, how do you want to introduce her? I'm sure people are wondering who she is and uh, what she does. I would love to. Gabrielle is very near and dear to my soul because she is a brief sibling as well. Gabrielle Michael is an interfaith minister, a spiritual counselor, a grief recovery specialist, and the founder and president of Graceful Grieving, a nonprofit organization. She's a writer and speaker on the topic of infant and pregnancy loss. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you on, and we appreciate, again, I want to say that you write for Open to Hope because um, that, you know, has made such a difference to have people come in and, and write and share and be willing to give to the world, and we thank you for that. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, Gabrielle, um, how did you, one of the things that, um, I asked you if you'd write up a few questions, and I was interested in the first one you wrote up, which is, uh, how did you find your way back to faith? I have to ask you, how did you lose your faith, and how did you get into this field of uh, dealing with pregnancy loss? Well, um, what happened was, um, basically 2004 happened, and it started with um, my partner miscarried in uh, January of 2004, and um, then in July, my brother passed away. And through that, I was a you know a minister at a church, and I was okay at, up to that point. And I had sacrificed a lot uh, with the loss of my brother by not being able to visit him at the hospital because I was trying to make sure that my partner stayed healthy through um, a difficult pregnancy because she was pregnant again. And what ended up happening was my brother died, and then when the baby was born, I was thrilled, things were looking good, and then 19 and a half hours later, she died. Oh, and wow. I really got pissed. And the baby looked the baby you. looked okay? Everything was fine. She was a little bit early. I mean, she was 30 and a half weeks, but everything looked fine. Um, in terms of a premature baby, they said it's nothing that we can't handle. But what ended up, um, what they thought were underinflated lungs, were actually underdeveloped lungs. So the, it was a high highline membrane disease. Um, well, it it really was just her lungs didn't develop, and it, yeah. it had wow. it had to do with a loss of fluid at some point during the pregnancy. Hmm. So, wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! And and what did your brother die of? I know people are wondering out there. Sure. Um, it it was a, a complicated situation. He had diabetes, but he also was pretty severely depressed and didn't uh, receive treatment. Um, he was not insured, and so he didn't have access to, you know, some of the care that is needed. And um, he he just didn't take good care of himself, and he got uh, uh, hooked on drugs. And unfortunately, it was crystal meth, and it just. It thrashed his body, it thrashed his brain, and uh, he actually was in the hospital, and they were trying to uh, get rid of him, get him out of the hospital, saying, you're too healthy, and he died. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, and how old was he, Gabrielle? 30, your brother. Yeah, he was 32. Wow. He was young. Wow. Yeah, really That's young. That's a lot of losses, very close in proximity. You had you went through a lot. My gosh. Yeah, and I think the, the loss of faith came because I felt like I paid a price you know, by not visiting my brother to save this baby. And then, you know, here I've dedicated my life to, you know, God's work and all those things. And the the faith background that I come from was this notion of, 
you know, the power of prayer and positive thinking and all of those things. And I truly believed from the bottom of my heart that she was going to make it and she was going to be okay. And it, my prayers, my, you know, thoughts, my everything had absolutely zero impact on the outcome. And I really had to rethink, you know, what I was teaching and what had been taught to me. So um, I really stepped away. I decided not to speak anymore. I didn't do any more counseling. Um, I stepped away because I couldn't uh, be a light for anyone when I was just in such a dark place. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really angry with God. I didn't lose my belief in God, but but there was a lot of anger there. And I think in, in the work that I do, that's part of the um, radical aspect of the work that I do. I really encourage people to, uh, you know, get their anger out at God. And I generally I have them write a hate letter to God, which is really difficult for a lot of people. I love that. That's a first, isn't it, Heidi? Yeah, yeah, I like it, God. too. <laughs> yeah, I need to enter the event and get it all out. Yeah. yeah, but and and I usually have to have them write it again because they're so polite the first time. <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> yeah, really, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I have to get them to redo it and really get it out. But then I have them with their non-dominant hand write a love letter from God, oh, and that's oh, where geez. that's where the repair happens. That's where the mend occurs. And mm-hmm. you know, until you can let that real truthful anger out there's going to be a rift. Wow, I love this changing the brain side. How did you get that idea? That's really unique. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's neat. Well, I think um, I got it from some inner child work that I learned uh, in my ministry, and we had to do our own work. And what we did was, you know, our grown-up would write with our dominant hand, and our inner child would write with our non-dominant hand. And so I thought, you know, this could work with, um, because it gets the conscious mind out of the way. This could work with the um, spiritual aspect of things, and so that's how I, I just applied a different technique, but to this, you know, to this process. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, let me ask you a question. You trained and decided to go into the ministry, and you felt pretty competent in it, and you felt pretty good about it. How did you? How did you feel after it happened to you? I, I'm just asking that because when because when Scott died, I was uh, working on an intensive care unit. I worked with people all the time that had somebody die in the hospital, and the nurses would call me or whatever. And wow, when it happened to me, it was like, whoa! What have I been telling people? I mean, you know, I think I've helped them, but wow, I never knew what they were going through. Right, and I think what what I felt like was huh, I've been teaching kindergarten all these years and I've just received a master's degree education on (laughs) what loss is and what grief is and, you know, and what spirituality is and that it isn't, it doesn't boil down to these simple platitudes and that there is a much deeper, more complex thing out there and, um, and we need to honor that and that, you know, grief isn't a negative emotion or a negative thing. It's simply... A natural response to loss, and um, and getting angry at God isn't a negative thing. It's not blasphemous. It's not you know uh, any of those things. So I think it it really made me dig deep down inside and figure out you know what is really the truth here, and um, and I did I read over fifty books and you know really tried to find. 
something out there, and I couldn't, I couldn't find that, that aspect, the spiritual healing aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, which is why I developed what I do. Yeah, I love that master's degree, Heidi. What? How about you? Fabulous. I, I like this whole way of thinking about it, and and you know, the thing is, people do feel disrespectful and and like they're bad people if they're angry at God, and, and you know, we. Someone came on once and said, you know, God can handle it. God has big, t- big shoulders. God can handle the anger. So, you know, anger is a legitimate emotion after we've had a loss. It's a legitimate, valid emotion. How to work through the anger is is the tough part because, you know, oftentimes, Gabrielle, people come on the show and they say, or people I work with, why do I have to work through the anger? Why can't I, why can't I keep it? What would you say to people like that? Well, I would say, and how does the anger serve you? Mm-hmm. How does the anger help you? Mm-hmm. You know, and and if, you know, my guess is angry feelings causes physical harm after time, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and the person that you're angry at, you know, I mean, if it's God, that's one thing, but if you're angry at, let's say, somebody who harmed your family member, if you stay angry, it doesn't harm them at all. It's simply, they don't even know you're angry. You just sit and seethe in it, and it doesn't benefit you. So that would be my response, and I would try and, you know, work with somebody on, you know, understanding a different way. I think people misunderstand forgiveness. I think that's one of the biggest issues. Um, They think that forgiveness is absolution. When really, forgiveness has to do with, Okay, you harmed me, but I'm not going to allow you to continue to harm me from this point mm-hmm. forward. And it may be you that's harming yourself, you know, with these kinds of things. Exactly. I want to stop and ask you something, though. Um, tell me what I know you're involved with, um, the miscarriages and infant loss. Can you tell me what's the difference between a miscarriage and an infant loss and other kinds of losses? Good question, Mom. Yeah, um, I think the largest difference is that when I lost my brother, mm-hmm. everyone in the world knew that I had a relationship with my brother. So there's a perceived, witnessed relationship. Whereas if I miscarry, the world out there, for a number of reasons, doesn't perceive it as a relationship yet. Even yeah. though, um, you know, and even with a, you know, a, a child under, a year, and that's why I choose under a year because um, there is not a perceived bond or um, relationship. There's no conversation. Uh, there, you go to a, a an adult's or an older child's funeral, and you hear a mix of stories. You hear funny stories. You hear happy stories. Remember the time when Uncle Joe did blah blah blah. Well, you don't get that a lot with. Um, miscarriage or with, you know, an infant's funeral. And I encourage parents, in fact, I do a workshop at the, which came up at the Compassionate Friends I'm doing, um, it's called Honoring the Life You Had with Your Infant. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, carried them for eight weeks or 20 weeks or they were born and lived a few hours, that relationship started the moment you found out you were pregnant. And there are funny stories. You know, there are things that, and I get the parents to start to remember some of the, you know, connections that they had. Oh, they kicked every time I had lasagna, or they, you know, I would sing to um, 
I would sing to our baby girl, and she would kick and really hard. And sometimes I thought, well, is this a good review or a bad review? You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> also, Gabrielle, are important. Absolutely, and also, Gabrielle, I think um, you're you're. I've had a couple of miscarriages, and you're grieving not only the loss of the pregnancy, but you're grieving the loss of the life you thought you were going to have. Yes, the, and the hopes and the dreams that you placed on that, the possibilities. Yes. Yeah, I love this workshop. I, it's it, This is such, like you said, infant loss and pregnancy loss is such a minimized loss in society. It is, and I think part of it has to do with politics, but I think the other part, too, is that, you know, so many people don't even tell anyone that they were, they're pregnant, so they're really yeah. alone in their loss. Mm-hmm. You don't mention it until 12 weeks. Well, I can't tell you how many losses there are. Um, out of a million pregnancies, a quarter of those each year will not will end in fetal demise. And you know what? You know what comes up for me on this thing is that I could be mad at God, and nobody'd even know why I was mad. You know, if I hadn't, I mean, people would have ignored it and I was, would be stomping around and angry about my life and all that. And people would not be pretty, very sympathetic with me because they wouldn't even know why and, uh, you know, what the big deal was. Well, Gabrielle, you've got a fabulous website. Why don't you give us that site? And I know you've got a, a lot of information and help for people there. So why don't you give us that site and, and also tell us anything that you would like us to know about where you'll be or what you're up to? Sure. Um, uh, it's gracefulgrieving.com. And um, also you can join the Graceful Grieving group on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel called Graceful Grieving. And... Um, I'm doing a series of videos that are, you know, meant to help parents who are going through this kind of loss. Uh, the first video that I did was just to um, a Dolly Parton song called Crippled Bird, and it just describes how a parent feels in the, that moment of loss. And, um, and that's just the beginning of the journey, you know, into grieving and healing and all of that. So... I would love people to, to take a look at that on YouTube. And I'm going to be uh, at the Compassionate Friends um, in July with you, so um, people can join me there. And I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, and I'm part of a group called uh, Love Not Forgotten, and uh, that's for parents who've lost infants in this region, in the western North Carolina region. All right. So it's... Uh, yeah. Thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for all the work that you're doing to help uh, parents. And it, it is just great to know that there are people out there like you. And thank you so much for writing to Open to Hope, too. And I hope people will come to the Open to Hope site and see you also and read some of your writings. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Gabrielle. And thanks for giving voice to something that's so profound in our lives, the miscarriages we've had and the infant losses we've had. Um, you're such a great voice out there to acknowledge our loss. Thank you. Well, Heidi, Gabrielle's great, isn't she? I just uh, really appreciate what she's doing. She's so, so, yeah, she's so common sense and no nonsense about this, you know. And I, I like the idea about trying to write with your left hand. Over, I'd heard, heard about that before, but I never uh, thought about doing it to God. I love it. I love what she's saying. And, you know, for me, what resonated with me is, is I was only six weeks pregnant when I had miscarriages. So I hadn't told people. And like she said, they, they all, there's so many women out there that have had these losses and nobody even knows they ever had a relationship in the first place that they were ever pregnant. So, you know, she gives voice to that experience, which is very healing, I think. Absolutely. 
Well, thanks for listening to the Open to Hope show, and we hope you'll tune in again next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.